Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another edition of Let's Talk Chelsea on this Wednesday. And this edition of Let's Talk Chelsea is going to be focused on Mauricio Pochettino. It's going to be focused on the current direction of the club. It's going to be focused on people's opinions, looking at some poll results, and then giving you my thoughts on the big things that Mauricio Pochettino needs to improve moving forward if he wants to keep his position. I want to get people's thoughts, so please do in the comments below give me your thoughts if you didn't vote in the poll that I'm going to show the result of in today's show. Where do you stand currently? Are you someone that kind of puts a lot of the blame at Pochettino? Him being replaced would be the best option. Are you someone that looks at the current ownership, the sporting directors, and believe it's kind of more so with them? Or are you kind of in a third category of being quite unsure and are just kind of a bit depressed? I think we're all quite depressed when Chelsea lose, obviously. But if you're kind of more in that unsure and you're not quite sure where you're pinning the blame mostly, solely, right now. So Chelsea lost to Middlesbrough last night. If you haven't, please go and check out my rational perspective on the game. We, we delved into it for about 20 minutes. And there's been a lot of analysis since of where the blame lies. Cole Palmer, obviously a culprit because he missed some staggeringly good opportunities in the first half that he should have put away that would have very much changed the complexion of that first leg and what it means. And losing away to a mid-table championship team is not a great look for a club that has spent over a billion pounds in the past 12 months. I wanted to look at Nazar Kinsella's post-match piece and he sort of broke down some things that are quite damning for Mauricio Pochettino. So he said that Chelsea were not awful in the first half, but they faded badly after the break. They put in 21 aimless crosses to no real target before Breuer came on in the 61st minute to help hold up the ball. Pochettino explained why he did not start his only available striker, saying Breuer cannot start like a normal player as he rebuilt his fitness after a long-term knee injury. And then he goes on to say in his Arkansas, if that is the case, why did he not rest him against Preston on Saturday so he was ready for what was a big game against Borough? That is an interesting question. And then he makes quite a harsh comparison that isn't very nice for Chelsea fans to hear, but I think it's a fair one. Ange Postacoglu has transformed Spurs in the same time and with considerably less money. Pochettino did inherit an unbalanced squad lacking cohesion, but last night's display against the side suffering an even bigger injury crisis with damning. This is the poll at the time of recording, so it may be a little bit different when you're watching this or listening to this. The poll currently in regards to Chelsea and what I asked, is Pochettino the main issue or do issues run deeper? That was the question I posed. And the percentages in front of me are 38% say yes, Poch has to go. 
44%, which is the majority at the moment, say no, owners slash sporting directors fault. And then 18% of you say unsure. And then we've got quite a few comments here. Gary says, it's a new team with very young players from various countries put together. It will take time, maybe a season or two before we start seeing our desired results. EC Bism says here, if there was a chance of bringing in a Michael Edwards, then changing the director might be enough. But honestly, that's not happening. So the options left are changing the manager to suit what we have or sticking. I don't trust the owners to sell a big name on a big contract, which would send the right message and go a long way to helping the manager thomas here says every game we won recently was because of individual brilliance of our players there is no tactics no game plan and no balance in the team potch out tiago here says one of the issues is whoever signs the players doesn't recognize the value in experience and already formed players they think real life is career mode where you just buy 20 year olds i don't have a problem with signing wonder kids obviously but most big clubs sign the real deal bellingham soboslai vardial ugarte etc while we sign players that should be developing at brighton not playing for chelsea Having said this, the owners can learn from them, their mistakes and the players are still so young. I think time will, will put this club back where it belongs. And then I wanted to pick out some other things that I saw mainly on X from people who I respect and follow and, and some good takes following the Borough defeat. So here, this is a, a thread from uh, Sabrina. Uh, there won't be a corner turn magically. The squad is still not top six quality. It's still full of far too many projects. The coach is okay. But keep in mind, no elite coach wants to coach a squad of this profile. There's a lot of losing on the horizon, likely years, not months. The new CFC fan base, Hopium, is to call for the manager's head as if that solves the bigger issue. It's ownership. This is their vision. They think they can win like this. 18 months, it's not happening. This is their Frankenstein squad. Good luck selling it to elite coaches. Summit says Chelsea are in a situation by our own doing where all these young players are learning on the job and we just have to wait until they get better. If they do, George Smiley here, which is a, a brilliant account I'd suggest you go and follow. Before with Roman Abramovich, it was all about the trophies, nothing else, but the objective was simple. Times it didn't, but the majority of the time it did and one sole interest. The new ownership are a business with multiple interests sporting-wise. Perhaps that's our reality and we need to understand that. Pete Crowther here with maybe the most controversial take. Maybe some people are finally beginning to realize that Graham Potter was never the problem. These issues are a lot deeper than that. And Jessica Frotter, another brilliant account, says here, do I think a different manager gets better performances out of the players we have? Quite possibly. However, I don't see how solely changing the manager drastically improves the so-called project. We need an experienced director of football. There's a wide range of opinions there. I'm sure you will agree, disagree, or kind of fall in the category of some of those opinions there let's go into my main criticisms of Pochettino because I don't just want to make this the let's look above Pochettino podcast let's talk about Pochettino because there are valid criticisms I think for me number one on this list is lack of excitement when Pochettino came in I looked back at his Spurs side and I looked how dynamic how aggressive how much that side overwhelmed teams how threatening that side was on a consistent basis and unfortunately, we've got some glimpses, but they have just been glimpses at Chelsea. And unfortunately, what I'm seeing at the moment is a regression over the course of a season to a Chelsea that I just am not interested in watching anymore. A very passive side to side window cleaning style football where we take few risks. Players are very static in and out of possession, especially in possession. And players don't look able to overwhelm 
the opposition and we are looking for the perfect goal to score rather than a sense of, as I say, overwhelming, looking to overload in certain areas to get our fullbacks forward. You know, one of the things we spoke about so consistently in the summer that, you know, if we just looked at the evidence of Pochettino's previous work in his career, how important fullbacks were. Now, there is context because his main fullbacks have been injured, but, it, you know, this gets onto the second criticism of Mauricio Pochettino is his player profiling. I think the two obvious ones that have been spoken about pretty much since the summer is Levi Colwell and Enzo Fernandez. I will be doing a show. The breakdown this week will focus on Levi Colwell. But in both cases there... And again, this is something that unfortunately a trend I've seen in recent Chelsea head coaches, which makes me scratch my head because why does it seem to pass on with every coach in terms of playing players in roles for a long period of time that doesn't seem to get the best out of them, doesn't seem to to benefit the team, doesn't make us a more threatening team to opposition and seems to be more about protecting and preserving rather than being expansive and attacking. And that's something that frustrates me. Enzo Fernandez is not a defensive midfielder. Let's not try and revise history. I think our frustration at this time last year or for the second half of last season after he was signed from Benfica was that we were playing him in the wrong role. He was being asked to protect the defence. That's why we bought Moises Casado. But Enzo Fernandez is also not a number 10. He's not someone that's supposed to be like a Cole Palmer, like a Christopher Nkunku. That's not where he should be. He kind of has to be in the middle of those two things, right? He's probably more of an eight, but you need him deeper to play those passes, to be expansive, to to do the things that we saw in preseason and very early on in the season as well, playing those progressive passes. So it's those two things that I think just baffle supporters, especially when there are of other options that could have helped Pochettino, which means that those players like Colwell as a left centre-back and Enzo Fernandez in a more applicable midfield role that could mean he's a bigger influence at Chelsea, direct influence. You're just scratching your head as a fan. You're like, this seems to be, it seems to be overcomplicating things. It's when you get bored on career mode and you're like, I'm going to change up some wild formations. I'm going to start playing players as a wing-back, wingers as a wing-back. Um, I'm going to start playing strikers in central midfield because you've been bored. It doesn't seem to be getting the best out of Chelsea and it it, it is irritating. I, I criticise Tuchel for it. I criticise Graham Potter for it. I'll criticise Mauricio Pochettino for it and I don't think it's helping Chelsea once again. It's not like we've unearthed players in positions. Like There's no Victor Moses at right wing back here. It just seems to be hurting us. The third is just enough risks and it, and it does make me wonder again, it's, it's results first and when... Some criticism I've seen of, of Pochettino and the style or the lack of it, the lack of coherent progression over recent weeks is Pochettino getting himself, like a lot of Chelsea head coaches in recent times too, getting themselves into self-defence mode. And it's, I just have to look for, at the next game to try and save my skin. Is that where Pochettino is as a coach? If he is, I mean, that's quite damning of the situation. I mean, I'm not saying that that's completely unacceptable because as a coach, you kind of understand, and Pochettino joked about this quite recently, actually, that you understand that we live in this kind of results-based approach. But what are you actually building and what is the progression? If it's just week to week, where will we be in six to nine months if Pochettino is still in place? That in itself is a bigger question. And I go back to a name that may, again, turn people some people off this, this show, Frank Lampard. And the reason I bring him up is not because of last season, not because of his second season, because of his first season, 1920, which in history, the longer we've got away from that season, the better his job in that season has looked, where he didn't have any transfers. He was a very naive manager. But 
I think in terms of enjoyment of watching a Chelsea team, apart from that spell under Tuchel, of course we were on the Champions League, but this, the first part of the, until Chilwell and James got injured, that 1920 season was the most fun I've had watching a Chelsea team in years. How daring they were, how naive they were, yeah, but how bold they were and how much a group of young players progressed under Frank Lampard playing that way and playing mostly in their best roles. I mean, we didn't see wild changes where players were playing weirdly out of their position. And yes, Frank Lampard's naivety as a coach caught up with him. But I think in that first season, getting Champions League football in the end helped the team develop. And when you look at the profile of that squad, the profile of this squad, you wonder why we aren't being more progressive, bold and brave because we do have a squad of young players, raw players who are going to make mistakes, but in trying to play them in a way where it feels like very short-termist, how is that going to help those players step up to the next level? That's my big question at the moment and be cohesive as a team. And when we have kind of been a little bit more rock and roll football under Mauricio Pochettino, to use a Klopp phrase, there's been a, a lot of excitement and we have seen glimpses of it, especially at Stanford Bridge. You know, you think of the 4-4 uh, against Man City. We think of the 3-2 against Brighton. We think of the 2-2 against Arsenal, Liverpool at the start of the season. Chelsea were a lot more combative and they were up against, in a lot of those cases, very good opposition and went toe-to-toe and bettered them. It wasn't... And listen, yeah, game state is game state. Arsenal, Liverpool and Man City are not going to play the way Middlesbrough do. They're not going to play the way Fulham does. They're not going to play the way Luton do. I'm not sitting here and telling you that Chelsea can replicate a performance against a higher calibre opponent or a tactical approach the same. I understand that it's different uh, because when you're playing against weaker opposition, they're going to sit deeper. So that in itself, the low block problem remains. But I just think as a general kind of um, approach... I don't think Pochettino is doing enough to make this team daring. I don't see players making forward runs. I see wingers being isolated because we don't have a natural fullback. Fullbacks actually bombing forward. Midfielders bombing forward, trying to get beyond the ball at times into the, the six-yard box. The way we're not making enough of crosses. All of these things make me think that we look like we have the handbrake on. And I, I go to Thomas Tuchel now because I see a lot of Tuchel revisionism. Thomas Tuchel won us the Champions League, which is one of the greatest moments in Chelsea history. Probably the second, but it's the second in my lifetime um, in terms of watching that team win. But people forget how bad it was at the end of Tuchel's reign. Tuchel, with a better and more experienced group of players, were making us worse. If you look at his current work in the Bundesliga, where he has Harry Kane, where he has all the financial strength and kind of lopsided nature of the Bundesliga, he is second to Jabby Alonso at Bayer Leverkusen. And Chelsea were going backwards under him as a head coach. So the idea, again, that Tuchel or a coach of his ilk would enjoy working with this current squad, I think is a little bit naive. They do not want to be working with players that are so raw, that need to be refined, that need minutes, that need to be uh, grown and developed. Uh, What made Tuchel great at at the start was it was very reactive. It was tournament football, especially in the Champions League. It was quickly assembling a group into a tactical structure with an older group of players, especially, and finding the best profile for them. 
Now, he did that well for a period of time, but he fell guilty, as Pochettino is currently, as Potter did, of starting to play players in weird positions and not really excelling and not getting us to a place where that that football looked like it was ever going to progress to the next level. It's got worse, but to think that Tuchel was going perfectly when he did leave Chelsea... I think he's wrong. It's the same with Mourinho nostalgia bait. I just will not have a situation. I, I, could, I could see a situation where Chelsea bring Jose Mourinho back, but I'm not going to bend to the idea that Mourinho coming back is any genius move. And him, again, working with a young squad filled with players that in history, especially at recent Chelsea history, he would likely discard to some devastating consequences, as we know, in, in the long term for Chelsea Football Club. Again, I think it's just people wanting to look back to 05. They want to look back to Thomas Tuchel. They want to look back to a period of Chelsea history that has gone now. We can all look back at those DVDs and moments for years and years and years, but that's not Chelsea. We need to look at right now. And beyond Mauricio Pochettino and why I'm not going to sit here and call for his head is because I think the fundamental problem is above him. I think it does go to the sporting directors, which I think is the major problem. It's why in my... 2024 predictions I spoke so uh, passionately about getting a sporting director in because I think that there is a, a a case now where Chelsea have and the ownership after making their own mistakes have given power to a group of sporting directors that don't really have a single sole head at that it hasn't been simplified it's actually been more complicated and it feels like to me we have people who think they're the smartest in the room who are recruiting players for a club not of Chelsea's size, not of Chelsea's expectations and expecting them to work wonders within weeks. That's not going to happen. And assembling a squad of players that they themselves will maybe get a pat on the back for because they've appointed, because they know them from history. It's it's you know, it's it's nice to bring in a certain player and profile that you have, have called for politically, but you know, is it actually making Chelsea a more cohesive team? Is it making us a better team? Is Axel Dezassi over Trevor Chalabur and Alfie Gilchrist making Chelsea a better team? I don't think so. Now, promoting a Cobham graduate isn't going to give sporting directors many pats on the back because it's not a new transfer. It's not a shiny new toy from Monaco. But at the same time, I look at value. I look at competency. I look at squad building. And I don't think any of us can sit here right now, despite some positives that we can lay out of individual players that make us feel confident that this group is going anywhere fast. And that is why it has been constructed and why for me, sure, you sack Pochettino, you bring someone else in, they maybe start to play a more progressive style, which is the criticisms I've laid out in this show. But I would put on top of that, that for me, think of it like a film. It doesn't matter how much CGI or reshoots we do to try and fix this thing. It was broken from the scripting stage. It was broken broken from the casting stage. And I don't know if your criticism lies above Mauricio Pochettino. How much confidence do you have that those people would be in charge of appointing the next head coach and also continuing to recruit players in this style that could leave Chelsea in similar places moving forward? So for me... I've kind of accepted that's where Chelsea are. I'm not happy about it. I'm never happy about seeing Chelsea lose on a consistent basis. I do not think that the current mood within the club is anywhere close to where it should be. But that's where we are. And that's why I don't think it's as simple as 
potch in, potch out, which is always, you know, and it's like, because I, I think we'll be here in 12 months again. I really do. Unless there is a radical change. And I think that radical change has to be simplifying what Chelsea is, what is our identity, which is a question I've asked for years and years and years, and also bringing in one of the best sporting directors in the game, simplifying the process, making it that Chelsea aren't buying players because it will get a pat on the back for certain sporting directors compared to others, or the fact that we're signing players because we think they'll be the saviour. No, we're signing players because we have a clear understanding what our ideas are, what our style of play is, and how that player is actually going to make us better. And it isn't always as rigid as they have to be under the age of 23. Sometimes signing a 26-year-old is the right decision. Sometimes signing a 27 or 28-year-old is the right decision. Sometimes signing someone over the age of 30 is the right decision. It doesn't mean that you always do that. I'm not of the belief that we now swing back the other way and we sign a bunch of 30-year-olds because then you're left in an equally short-term and bad, even worse situation as we have seen in recent years. So tactically, Pochettino needs to improve. I want to see him start playing players in the right position. Can we see Levi at left centre-back? Can we see a left-back at left-back? Can we see right-backs at right-back? Can we see midfielders and can we see a sense that this team because it's inexperienced I think the way to develop this team is to play them in a more exciting way and sure that means that Chelsea will lose some games that means Chelsea will concede probably more goals but if it means Chelsea fans at least feel some connection some identity coming out of the first team surely that would make us as fans feel a little bit more engaged in this kind of week-to-week slog that I fear we're getting into again like we did with Graham Potter that is just going to leave us inevitably in a situation where we have to change coach and reset again which would be a complete waste of time. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch this show. If you're a Chelsea fan and you want more carefree content, please do hit that subscribe button. Really helps the channel out as well as the like button and sharing it around with friends so more people can get involved in the community. And you can follow Son of Chelsea across socials at Son of Chelsea on TikTok, on Instagram and on X. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.